Hello and welcome to a live Kerfeffy break on D program with Carrie Smith. Uh, let's see, today is Monday, July 11th. And if it's your first time here, this is still a relatively new channel. So please consider hitting subscribe or if you like the video, share it. Uh, just a couple of announcements and then I'll welcome my guests today. We have our first book club for the D program channel coming up this Sunday. I believe it's at two o'clock central time. And if you want more info, we do have a book club group on Facebook and we'll be putting out some announcements here on the YouTube channel and in other places, but we hope you'll join us for that. And um, let's see what else. Without further ado, let me just bring on the guests. I'm very excited today. I just got to hang out with these two gentlemen in New York. Please welcome Billboard Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, everybody. How's it going? And Mike Harlow. How are you, sir? Hey. I'm so happy to be with the two of you. I miss you guys. <laughs> I miss you. We had fun at New York Pride. It was amazing. I wish we could do that just like every day. Yeah. Chris, I we, know we you can. We can. <laughs> we can. You I do. <laughs> Chris does this every day. So could you tell people if they are not familiar with you? I did get to enter you were my first interview on this new channel. If people want to go back and watch that, they can learn more about what you do in depth. But just give people a brief introduction to what it is that you're doing. Yeah, probably every other day, except when I'm on the road, then it's every day. But I have conversations, radical, truthful conversations with people out on the street about the harm coming to kids who have been led to believe that they might be born in the wrong body, this whole gender ideology nonsense. So I felt forced to go on the street because I had no other way of getting this truth out there to people. I had put up a big billboard in September of 2020 that simply said, I love JK Rowling which I do. And it got taken down the next day because it was hate speech, even though it had a big heart on it. And so I did a bunch in the US and then Canada is such a mess. I just couldn't stand what's going on. So the only way I could reach people was to talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. So I go outside, I go to busy events, I go downtown and I just hang out with my signs that say gender ideology does not belong in schools. Children cannot consent to puberty blockers or my definition of a dad, which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. And people just come up to me and we talk and that's it. And how many times have, how, how often would you say that you end up having fruitful conversations versus it going wrong and people physically attacking you, which I know has happened? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's much more rare, of course, it has happened. And it depends where I go. Obviously, when you go to a pride event like we did a couple of weeks ago, you're going to have a very different response. But when I'm just downtown Vancouver with people from all walks of life, easily more than 90% of people agree. And so I have tons of fruitful conversations all the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. The people who are hostile, obviously, you're not going to change the mind of a hostile person on the street. But with them, I have tactics. I just ask a couple of questions to get them thinking to get them challenging their beliefs and they might go home and start doing some research. But I'll just say something like, hey, first of all, I don't think we should ever put these kids in some stereotypical box. If a girl's more masculine, if a boy's more feminine, what's the big deal? Beautiful. And they get instantly confused, dramatically confused because I'm not supposed to say something like that. I'm supposed to be some terrible bigot against gender nonconformity. And so I've just shattered their worldview already. And now they have no idea what I actually believe. And so they might go home and start doing some research. But most people just have no idea what's going on. They don't know what's getting taught to our kids in schools. They don't know about these drugs and hormones. 
And as soon as they learn, they're usually horrified right away. And it's funny because this would have made you progressive a few years ago, saying kids can, you don't have, there isn't any one way to act to be a boy or a girl. That would have been a progressive point of view. These people have the most limited view on gender expression of any of us that they think it's, it, it's sort of like archaic stereotypes from back in the day that if, you know, a boy is perceived to be more feminine, he's not really a boy. Or if a girl is a tomboy, she's not really a girl. I mean, wouldn't that have been like the regressive mentality years ago? Yes, it's sexist and it's regressive. I was just on some Alaska program this morning and she brought this up because I mentioned what the defining characteristics of a gender identity are from the genderbred person itself. And the genderbred person, of course, is this cute little gingerbread man that's used in schools all around the world. And it defines your gender identity as being based on your personality, your jobs, your hobbies, your likes and dislikes, your roles, and your expectations. And this woman I was talking to said, like, wait a minute, does that mean that I'm just supposed to, if I'm a woman, I'm supposed to be in the kitchen doing the cooking and cleaning? And I said, that's right. You know, sexism is, there's this expression that sexism is saying that women should do the dishes. Equality is men or women can do the dishes. And gender ideology teaches that whoever is doing the dishes is a woman. <laughs> so that's so true. That, that is the core message of this entire ideology. It's all stereotypes. And so when you say something to one of these trans activists that they agree with, and they all will agree that we shouldn't be stereotyping these kids, that stereotypes are bad. They all will agree with that. But they have this blind spot where they don't see that they're pushing these stereotypes to such an extent that if a girl is more masculine, it must mean she's trans and we need to alter her body to match the stereotypes. So it's, it's all it's, just nuts. It's almost a form of, and we've talked about this before, uh, I'm not sure if I've talked about it with you, but with other guests, is it's almost a form of conversion therapy that involves surgery, hormones. And and it's weird because in the 80s and 90s, the progressives were pushing back against conversion therapy for being for for homosexuality, like like talking about the harm that it causes to try and convert people's sexuality. But now they're strangely supporting conversion therapy, surgical and medical conversion therapy that in a lot of cases makes people conform to these very rigid notions of gender I, gender and sexuality that they say they oppose. It's well, bizarre. then what they're doing, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they did this in Canada, that they're then changing the definition of conversion therapy and make it where uh, if a kid is told that they're trans and the therapist tries to do anything other than affirm them and tries to find out what's really going on, that that is now called conversion therapy. And they've criminalized that in some places and are trying to other places. So yeah. it, it really shows how the perversion of language is sort of at the root of everything that they do. Yeah, all of Canada now has that law. That's a federal law. Some provinces already had laws in place. And guess what? All these therapeutic associations, all these counselors, regulatory bodies, they already have their own laws, their own rules in place against conversion therapy. So these laws are redundant and totally unneeded. But this whole thing is a massive propaganda war. The left has bought hook, line, and sinker that children are going to kill themselves if you don't let them transition. And they bought this line that puberty blockers are just a pause button and that they're fully reversible. 
which of course makes no sense if you think about it for 10 seconds. If a girl goes on puberty blockers from 11 to 16 years of age, puberty's done. She can't come off of them and then go through puberty again. Those years are gone. There's no time machine. She's not going to go back to 11 years of age. For these boys, they end up with a micro penis for life. They can't have, they don't have any sexual function. This is not me saying this. This is the president elect of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, Dr. Marcy Bowers, who is himself a trans woman, a trans identified male. He just admitted in a talk, it's public, it's on video two months ago, that literally zero, none of these boys, when they've grown up, when they blocked their puberty at Tanner stage two, which is the beginning stage of puberty, none of these boys have ever had any sexual function. So we're taking away their future chance of having an intimate relationship. We're destroying their bodies. They're cutting off the breasts of girls. As young as 12 years old, I have seen, and this is a, from a video, again, from a Kaiser Permanente, one of these medical clinics down in the States. We've got Johanna Olson Kennedy, who runs the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, talking about how it's not a big deal that a 13-year-old girl got her breasts cut off, because if she wants breasts in the future, she can just go buy them. Which are, don't function. I mean, if she wants to breastfeed. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys ever, is it just me, or do you guys ever just sit and go, how is this even up for discussion? How is this even a conversation that we're having? And we're the assholes to these people? Yeah. It's so sick. It's, it just blows my mind constantly that this is something that even needs to be discussed. This girl uh, that I saw followed me on Twitter yesterday uh, is somebody who was transed as a child and then had to detransition. So she was put on testosterone hormones at 13, given a double mastectomy at 15, detransitioned at 16. So these are their success stories. And I, and I was talking about this with one of these nut jobs recently, and I told him, even if you look at cases where we assume that that person is turns out to legitimately be trans, it's still a horrible thing. If you look at somebody like Jazz Jennings, they were put on hormones at such a young age that they couldn't do the surgery. They had to like, there were massive complications with needing the surgery um, and all the things that Chris had mentioned. Um, and they were like, oh, well then that's a success. I'm like, that. yeah, that's a successful case. Are you insane? Yeah. There is that uh, recently, there's a lot more of these detransitioner stories that are coming out. I remember when Helena was the really the first the first one I saw that that kind of went viral and and now there I I seem to stumble across new ones all the time. I know you highlight a lot of these stories, Chris. Do you remember the recent one? Uh, the woman who, uh, no, no, no. It was a it was a man who who transitioned as a young person or young adult uh, to being a woman and then had all these complications and shared all the details of what that was like and not being able to, as you mentioned, having no sexual function, having leakage and all these different problems with urination um, and kind of being just pushed aside by the medical establishment and papooed like none of these things are a big deal. Don't worry about it. Right. I think that was Tulip probably with Tulip. Two okay. Uh, Tulip wrote up his story and he's suing the NHS now, the National Health That's Service. That's the one. That's the one. So, yeah, we need more lawsuits. And people say, why aren't there lawsuits? Well, it costs a ton of money. So that's a stumbling block for some people. I'm sure we could raise some, but it does cost a ton of money. 
But the statute of limitations in most of these states is one to three years. What? So for almost all of these kids or young adults, they transition. A year goes by. That's nothing. They're, they're like in a cult-like mentality where they put all their hopes and dreams on this transition process working to make them happier. And it doesn't make them happier. And it's a process. And they're still trying things out. And they're taking the hormones. And they're waiting to feel better. And some days they feel better. And some days they feel worse. Because they're emotional roller coasters, of course, right? These aren't healthy, mentally people. Mm -hmm. And one to three years goes by like that, and they can't sue. And they are also these doctors, of course, and all these hospitals, they have contracts signed and all this sort of stuff, which make it very hard to sue. But these are children, and they cannot enter into a contractually binding agreement. They cannot consent to things that they don't understand. Are going to happen to them they can't consent to losing their fertility they can't consent to self-harm that is not a thing a child can consent to because they're a child and this whole thing is not presented as self-harm it's presented as medical help but it's health, all it is is harm that's all it is we're putting hormones that don't belong in their bodies we have no idea what these hormones are doing long term we have no idea what they do to their brain development we have no idea the long-term risks with different cancers and things like that we're taking away their fertility. We're altering their bodies. We're giving these girls deep voices and beards and flooding their body with copious amounts of hormones that don't belong. Of course, there are going to be problems that we have no idea about because our bodies did not evolve to have these hormones flowing through them. Mm. Testosterone is meant for men. Estrogen is meant for women. When you mess with bodies, which have billions of processes going on and all sorts of interrelated parts and functions, of course, there are going to be problems. And when this whole thing is just a craze in the first place, it's just a social contagion. What does it mean to be a, a transgender individual? No one can describe it unless they resort to stereotypes. But our message is there's no right way to be a boy or a girl. A girl who has more masculine traits is every bit a girl as a girl who has all these feminine qualities. Mm -hmm. There's no right way to be a boy or a girl this never existed when we were growing up. This was a super rare thing, gender dysphoria. And even in the old days, it wasn't treated with drugs and hormones. It was treated with watchful waiting. These kids got through puberty and 80 to 90% of the time, it just went away. And historically, the majority of these kids grew up to be gay. And it was mostly boys that it affected. It was effeminate little boys and they grew up to be gay and they grew to become comfortable with themselves and grew up to be beautiful gay men and now we're taking that away from them. And what's going on today, which we haven't touched on, is half of these kids are on the autism spectrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Is and, and I've even seen it in the parents groups that I'm in, that I lurk in on Facebook to see what they're saying is, it's like they're aware of it. A lot of the parents of the, who, who are transitioning their kids, they're aware of it. And they talk about how uh, neurodivergent kids are more likely to be, but they, they, they use it in those terms. They say more likely to be trans instead of more likely to fall prey to this kind of stuff that's being pushed on them in schools. This is the genderbred person that you mentioned Christ. a minute ago, Chris, if anyone hasn't seen this, there's a whole website for it. It used to be called the genderbred man. And of course they found that, that, that they got complaints that that was, um, problematic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. they changed there's, it the gingerbread person. Yeah, there's another version of this. I think it's version four on the website where it describes 
what gender identity is. This one just shows that you're somewhere on a scale of womanness and manness, but the other version goes into exact details. And of course, they always say there's more than two sexes. They try to muddy down these conversations by always getting into the subject of intersex people. So these are people that basically have a birth defect where their sexual reproductive organs didn't form properly. They're still mm -hmm. male or female. It's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. They're all male or female. They have here separated out. This is what they're teaching to kids. And uh, I saw the one of the, I think it might've been the person who came up with the gender person or was somehow involved in the creation of this, uh, gave a talk here in Austin and I went to hear it. And the whole pr presentation, it was sort of, uh, it, was this, it was presented in this very positive way about how successful they've been at getting this in schools, um, uh, K, K through 12. And here you can see for any parents who aren't familiar with this, what they're teaching kids and they're using a cartoon and a gingerbread person because they want to appeal to children. And they're, they're telling them that all, these four things are separate and you can choose each of these things. Your, your identity is your brain. That's what you think you, whatever you think you are, you are, uh, your attraction, they get a little heart there. That's who you're attracted to. Your expression is, is, is how you express yourself, what gender you express yourself with. And then they have your biological sex here and they have, as you just mentioned, Chris, they have a uh, male or female or both or other, I guess, <laughs> uh, anatomical sex. And, and look, like you said, they have all of these are on a scale, even sex. They have that on a, on a. Exactly. Scale. And that the whole thing away because so many people have allowed them to muddy the waters and say, oh, sex is different than gender. They don't even believe that. They give that away all the time. This shows it. There are actual uh, professionals and accredited people who will blatantly say that there's no such thing as biological sex. So I don't think we should be acknowledging this so-called distinction when they don't even do that. They only do that to take more ground and more ground and more ground. Yeah. Um, I found that, do you guys mind if we, I have never covered this on the show, the uh, Tulip, his story. Do you mind if we read through some of that? Yeah, go for it. I just think, yeah, there aren't enough people who are reading these stories. And what happens is when these <laughs> people end up detransitioning, the trans rights activists, that whole the world community, they don't, they don't highlight these stories anymore. They don't care. <laughs> they, they, they don't care. They, it's like a cult. As soon as you leave it, you're disfellowshipped. They just want these people to be trans. They don't want them to be who they really are. They just want them to be trans. Because as soon as these people figure out they're not trans, they're treated like a pariah. So... Yeah. It's, it's totally cultish. I'm yeah, just so gonna Tulip read. was an adult when this happened. And Tulip's point is that he was mentally unwell, really struggling. And they just said, okay, let's transition you then, as though that's going to fix anything. It didn't fix anything. It made it worse. And if they're doing this to vulnerable adults, what 12-year-old has a chance? Yeah. So this... I'll just read through some of this. This is Tulip's story. It's T-U-L-L-I-P-R. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he says, I want to tell everyone what they took from us, what irreversible really means and what that reality looks like for us. No one told me any of what I'm going to tell you now. And, 
And this is, you're right. When I, we were out on the street with you, Chris, there are so many young people who were arguing with us who I heard multiple times that day were saying they were repeating the lie that these things are reversible, that uh. gender transition is reversible. So this is Tulip's story. He says, uh, he says, I have no sensation in my crotch region at all. You could stab me with a knife and I wouldn't know. The entire area is numb, like it's shell-shocked and unable to comprehend what happened even four years on. I tore a sutra four days post-recovery. They promised to address it. I begged them in emails to fix it. They scorned me instead. Years later, I have what looks like a chunk of missing flesh next to my neo-vagina. That's what they call this that they're creating, a neo-vagina. It literally looks like someone hacked at me. They still won't fix it. No one told me that the base area of your penis is left. It can't be removed, meaning you're left with a literal stump inside that twitches. When you take testosterone and your libido returns, you wake up with morning wood without the tree. I wish this was a joke. And if you do take testosterone after being post-op, you run the risk of internal hair in the neo-vagina. Imagine dealing with internal hair growth after everything. What a choice. Be healthy on testosterone and a freak or remain a sexless eunuch. And that's something that will never come back. And one of the reasons why I got surgery, my sex drive died about six months on hormone replacement therapy. And at the time I was glad to be rid of it. But now 10 years later, I'm realizing what I'm missing out on and what I won't get back. Because even if I had a sex drive, my neo-vagina is so narrow and small, I wouldn't even be able to have sex if I wanted to. And when I do use a small dilator, I have random pockets of sensation that only seem to pick up pain rather than pleasure. Any pleasure I do get comes from the prostate that was moved forward and wrapped in glands from the penis, meaning anal sex isn't possible and can risk further damage. And then there's the dreams. I dream often that I have both sets of genitals. In the dream, I'm distressed that I have both. Why both? I think I tell myself to wake up because I know it's just a dream and I awaken into a living nightmare. In those moments of amnesia, as I would wake, I would reach down to my crotch air expecting something that was there for three decades, and it's not. My heart skips a beat every single time. And then there's the act of going to the toilet. It takes me about 10 minutes to empty my bladder. It's extremely slow, painful, and because it dribbles, no matter how much I relax, it will then just go all over that entire area, leaving me soaking. After cleaning myself up, I will find moments later that my underwear is wet no matter how much I wipe. It slowly drips out for the better part of an hour. I never knew at 35 I ran the risk of smelling like piss everywhere I went. Now I get to the point where I'm detransitioned and the realization that this is permanent is catching up with me. During transition, I was obsessive and deeply unwell. I cannot believe they were allowed to do this to me even after all the red flags. That's a, that's a horrible story. Thank you for letting me read it, though. Yeah, waking nightmare. I tweeted out a story of another detransitioned male who at 25 years of age realized he was just gay. But he has this neo-vagina. And what happened with him is he developed what's called a fistula or a passageway in between his urinary tract and into his wound, which is called the neo-vagina. It's just a wound that tries to close up. And so this guy has his passageway and they can't fix it. And he's been leaking urine continuously for five years. He gets infections. One of these days, one of these infections will kill him. Doctors can't fix it. They just want to close him up completely now. They haven't done that before either. So it's just a mess. And this is now being done to kids. 
Now, they're not doing many of these bottom surgeries, they call it, with kids. They are yeah. sometimes doing this with 16 and 17-year-olds. Jazz Jennings was only 17. But here's the thing. These kids go on these puberty blockers, and they end up with a micropenis. What they do is they invert this penis to make this neo-vagina. But because it didn't grow, they don't have enough tissue. So what they end up doing is taking out their stomach lining, which they did with Jazz Jennings, or their colon. They take out some of their colon to form the lining of this neo-vagina, which, of course, smells like colon. And now they're experimenting with using, I kid you not, tilapia fish skin oh. to form the lining of these neo-vaginas. This whole thing is just obscene. It's brutal. It gets so gross when you start getting into what goes on down there with all this stuff. I don't even talk about it all the time. It's too much for most people. Yeah. But this is reality. And what's happening to these girls, I mean, it's also causing complications down there. Testosterone use, prolonged testosterone use causes vaginal and uterine atrophy. They have to get their uterus moved. Sometimes they're getting their ovaries removed as well. So now they can't produce estrogen for the rest of their life. If they do decide to stop taking testosterone in the future, they can't even produce estrogen. There's all sorts of health effects associated with this and bone loss and cancer and all sorts of things. We don't even know. And the, the consent forms that these kids state also state that we don't have the long-term information. So my point is always, how can a child give informed consent when we don't have the information? Yeah. And keep in mind, this is the path that kids are being put on because a little kid, a little girl liked sports or a little boy wanted to play with dolls. And this is the path that they are being put on because of that, because of ignorance and stereotypes. It's abuse and it needs to be banned. Yeah. yeah. They're they're at the when we did the uh pride together and we're having these conversations like I said a, there were a lot of younger people, young adults who kept repeating this to me that there's no there's no there's no irreversible damage. Um so th that's false. I think they don't know stories like this and they uh stories like tulips don't reach their echo chamber and if they do they'd stop themselves from reading it or if they did acknowledge it, they would often say, well, that's just a few people. And what's weird about that is they don't, they don't use that argument for other things. They don't say, well, it's just a few people who are harmed by pr police brutality. Like they don't say, well, it's just a few, but they will use it for this. So even when they acknowledge that this is happening to people and that there are people who a lot of people now, they don't realize it's a lot, but it's a lot of people now who are detransitioning, who've said this was a mistake. I wish I hadn't done this. They say, well, the, the because we think it's a minority, that doesn't matter. We have to make it available for the majority of kids who are not going to change their mind. How, how do you have so much confidence in a child to be able to make those permanent medical decisions? Well, keep in mind also, those are the people who are detransitioning now. So that's based on the number of kids who were trans a few years ago, at least. How many are going to detransition in five years, in 10 years? It's going to be an insane number. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was a kid, when I was maybe like 10 or something, I was obsessed, obsessed with boobs, naked women. You would have thought I was on track to be like the next two Hefner. That's what kids know. <laughs> It's so happened. <laughs> I don't know if only. <laughs> uh, so something else happened on Twitter it, and gender ideology, something that, I mean, that's what you have dedicated 
your life too right now, Chris, is traveling on the country and talking to people about this. And it's something that you talk about quite a bit as well, uh, Mikey. And one of the things I've noticed is in this fight, there. what's been interesting is, is um, I'm always interested in different kinds of people coming together with shared purpose. And so we've seen women who are feminists who get called TERF a lot, which means trans-exclusive radical feminists, but it's kind of become a way of a pejorative. But anyway, we've seen the radical feminists who've been speaking up against this, who've been speaking up against gender ideology. And we've seen conservatives like Matt Walsh overlapping and coming together on this issue. Um, and that made me very excited because it's like, it shouldn't matter about your belief system. If you can agree on this thing, why not work together? And, um, but then recently there's been a lot of, I don't know, a lot of dust up in the social media world. And um, some of that happened the past couple of days and you got pulled into it, Chris, or you jumped into it. Do, do you want to tell people how it started? I'll pull up the tweets. Yeah, or I mean, I just, so JK Rowling tweeted out. Uh, so what happened was Macy Gray, Macy Gray had, uh, had said something about, you know, women are women, right? She, she tweeted out just the truth. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the left came for her. And I guess she's reliant on the left for, for income and for social status and all that sort of stuff. And so she went on this other program and had this very difficult to watch struggle session where she was basically coerced to recant everything she just said. And she came up with the wonderful conclusion that being a woman is a vibe. Ugh. This is a hostage tape right here. Yeah. Yeah. And we watched this tape on my Friday show. You're yeah. right. The first interview she did, it was on Piers Morgan. And right. she's she's confident. He asked her, what is a woman? She answers in a confident way because you can tell these are her opinions. And she says, yeah, she says nothing that's, it's, it's nothing controversial even. She says, you know, if you want me to call you her, I will. I don't care. But just because you have surgery doesn't make you a woman. And, right. you know, that it just caused this huge mobbing. Um, and then three days later, I thought she was going to stand firm, but no, three days later she went on, I think it was the today show here. And she basically makes her, like you said, a struggle session, her hostage video. She doesn't seem confident. She's stumbling over her words. She says, um, what, well, well, you are, I guess you are whatever you believe you are. It's the complete opposite of what she had said three days before. She says that being a woman is just a vibe with the opposite of what she said three days before. And so um, this whole dust up started here. Gad Sad tweeted, he said, Dear Macy Gray, I'm getting a weird vibe tonight. Can you walk me through the process of how I might establish that I'm a woman? Perhaps Matt Walsh can help. So Gad Sad is funny. This is the way he tweets a lot. He's very facetious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then, then you had this radical feminist come in and say, back off you will receive far less backlash than Macy Gray simply because you are male. Stop picking an easy target and start doing the hard work as feminists have been doing for years. You don't get brownie points for targeting women. Can we I pause here? So I hate this so much. I hate this too. It's going to live. I hate this too. This Sorry, is, this. huh? Who is this? I, it doesn't matter. It's, it's a, 
it's a feminist and then and then it descended from here because then what happened is um then matt walsh took that responded to that and said sorry but women who publicly renounce the definition of woman for fear of mean he's talking about macy gray here for fear of mean comments from trans activists deserve all the scorn they get that kind of gutless cowardice is exactly what got us into this position in the first place so then jk rowling responds and says endless death and rape threats threats of loss of livelihood livelihood employers targeted physical harassment family address posted online with pictures of bomb making of a bomb making manual are not mean comments if you don't yet understand what happens to women who stand up on this issue then back off at which point Bilbo chris here jumps in and says i'm a man Let's see how this list applies to me. Endless death threats, loss of livelihood, employers targeted, uh, yes to business connections and my wife's employer, physical harassment, broken arm says yes, address posted online. It doesn't matter what sex you are. The left is going to come for anyone. Yes. Yes. And then there was more after this. We we don't have to well, read yeah. them. But... Well, scroll down, and scroll down my thread okay. a little. So... This is what happens to people when they come and stand with me sometimes. And look, Matt and JK are both extremely valuable. I love them both. And I hope they keep speaking. If you scroll up a little. So that's Rob Hoogland. That picture there. Yeah. He, he went to jail last year, six months jail sentence for speaking out against his daughter's transition, which he was powerless to stop. At 13 years of age, the BC Children's Hospital wanted to give his daughter testosterone. Not just puberty blockers, testosterone at 13, even okay. though WPATH oh, says 16. Right. And he, I have the consent form. I have the copy of it signed by her. She refused, he refused to sign it, the dad. And this went to legal stuff. But a month or two later, the endocrinologist, a man named Brendan Hirsch at the BC Children's Hospital, sent him a letter to Rob. And the letter states that Rob can be a friend and advisor to his daughter, but he can't intervene in any of the medical decisions. So he lost his daughter and he couldn't protect her. This parent was not allowed to protect his own daughter because the state took that authority away from him and they harmed her. And he spoke out about it and he was sent to jail for it. Uh, man, if you scroll up a little to the previous tweet, there's this man named Frank Spiegelberg. He's a paramedic. He runs the support group in Canada for parents of these kids who are suddenly presenting as trans. Because these parents are all terrified because they don't have control over, over what happens to their children. The state can take away your kid. If your child says, if a girl says she's a boy, to the state, she is now a boy. And a parent who tries to stop that, stop this medicalization, is guilty of conversion therapy and could go to jail and get a $2 million fine. So, anyway, these parents are all just hoping their kids just grow up without getting medicalized and their brains mature and they grow out of it, which they usually do. Now, mm -hmm. Frank is a paramedic. He came to stand with me in Toronto last year in October. He stood with me for two days. He got this report written up on this Antifa site called antihate.ca. They've written lots about, about me as well, of course. And then this so-called reporter reported him to his paramedics college and they started investigating him. And so he was off work on stress leave. They also doxed his wife, by the way, who had nothing to do with any of this. Wow. Why? Because he stood with me on a street yes. having peaceful conversations with people who approached us and wanted to talk. Yes. For this, he's off work, being investigated, could lose his job. These are men. This stuff happens to anyone who speaks out. 
Yes. I think it's divisive to divide this between men and women. Yes, women are going to get different context, different wording. People are going to say different things towards me or they're going to look for any vulnerability in your life that they yes. can use to cancel you wherever you're vulnerable. Every single insurance company I used to work with was contacted. That didn't work. They went after my wife's employer, doxed my wife where she works, said to contact my wife's employer at her work and complain. My wife's yes. got nothing to do with what I do. I'm an autonomous individual, but they look for any vulnerability, anything they can try to do to cancel you is what they're going to do. And the best thing is just to stay strong, not bow down to this authoritarian behavior at all, just reject it completely. And then they'll stop trying to cancel you because as soon as they figure out they can't cancel you, that you're just going to take it and carry on, they stop trying. Yeah. But when people like Macy Gray, who is rich, I assume, she has lots of ability to make money. Yep. If she just stood up for women, women and stayed strong, 90% of the population is going to be on her side. She's going to do just fine. But yes. Matt Walsh is absolutely right. When we keep changing our speech and, you know, well, letting these people letting these people bully us, of course, it's going to keep continuing. And what message does that send to all these other women when the famous women can't even stand up for what a woman is? They have to stand up for it. Yeah. I, I, the, I think she really highlighted what the, you know, the problem has never been cancel culture. It is coward culture. This is the reason that these things have been allowed to spread to the extent that they have, because I really, truly choose to believe that it's a minority of people who support this, but they have so much power because so many people are willing to just hand them their balls and agree to everything and agree, agree, agree. And look where that's gotten us. And I'm so tired of average people who have no money and no power putting everything on the line, risking everything that they have to speak up. How many people watching this have done that and have made sacrifices to to tell the truth about this? I would venture to guess almost every single one, but people who have all the money and influence and power in the world can't do that? No, I don't care if she's a woman, like have a backbone. Matt Walsh yeah. would say that to a man. He would say it to a woman. So yes. feminists want to be treated as equals. Yes. yes. Then accept the equal sort of speech. In Thank the, you. No, now they want to be infantilized and you have to talk to them delicately. Like, Thank no, you. Just say the truth. This is, this is, I, I have a lot of thoughts of this. I'm glad we're talking about this um, because uh, the divisiveness in the oppression Olympics has no place in a movement that is that is opposed to uh oppression olympics that that is opposed to uh an ideology based on what identity you are the the issue is that i think there are a lot of women who and a lot not just women there are men who oppose certain parts of wokeness but they still accept other parts of it so for example someone like dave chappelle He's become very awake on the gender ideology part, but he's still, in my opinion, he still accepts a lot of the social justice tenets when it comes to race. He still buys into the oppression hierarchy and he talks about groups of people in terms of race. And, and some of that's okay because it's humor, but some of it I can tell he still buys into some of these ideas. And, and I see the same thing with some feminists who are on board when it comes to the trans issue and the transing of kids. Um, they oppose it, but they're still buying into this whole 
uh, the patriarchy is responsible for all this oppression and we need to treat men and women differently because they're treated differently in society and therefore we have to treat them differently. And what you're saying is so true. It, it may see gray is a woman true, but she's a human being. If she's behaving in a cowardly way, we absolutely have a right to say that's cowardly. To do any less is to treat her as if she doesn't have the capacity to behave like a man with integrity. That's bullshit. She does have the capacity to behave with integrity. She's choosing to be a coward. And and J.K. Rowling, I don't I don't agree with her tweet. Yes, she gets a lot of hate. Yes, she gets death threats. So do you. So do it. It, it knows no gender. It knows no sex. This pushback. It may. Uh, it may take different forms with men and women, but it's equally bad. You had your arm broken on the street. You know, it doesn't, why, why are we now, when I see stuff like that, it's like, why are uh, is a certain group of people trying to distract us and get us to infight over who has it worse? Am I the bigger victim when it comes to opposing gender ideology or are you? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? It's a waste of time. It's it's just such peak feminism, you know. They don't want to be treated as equals, and you know, I'm happy to have anyone. I'm thrilled for anyone who know who realizes the truth about this subject to speak up. But on the other hand, I feel like they're kind of only speaking up because it affects them. It just I feel like it's just I don't know. It's just so such a core component of the feminist ideology. Yeah. This is a little off topic. This is backing up to what we were talking about before, but I want to read this. Um, so Hyla, my friend Sohila, she I just did an interview with her recently. You guys can find I it on the channel. Her. So so Hyla ha gives a $5 super chat. Thank you, lady. She says, do you believe that real trans people exist and are happy with their choices and don't support the cult ideology? Will you act to ban transition for adults? I know my answer to this. What, what do you guys Hell, wanna... Yes, of course. And no. <laughs> Wait, what are you saying yes to? That of course I think real trans people exist. They always have. It was never an issue for so many, so many years. I think the first uh, official sex change was in the 1950s. So that's 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. That's 60 years of it being a total non-issue. No one cared until now that it got insane. So no, I don't think... You should ban transition at all. If adults want to do, you know, there are people, there are plenty of adults who transitioned and are happy and great. I totally support that. But I think it should 100% be banned for minors. I, uh, well, I, I, I believe there has always been a certain, like a fraction, I think it's a fraction of 1% of people who experience gender, what we call gender dysphoria. And no, I don't think we should ban adults doing what they want to do with their bodies. Um, I do think that you're going to see a lot of young adults like Tulip, like the guy that we just highlighted, who re regret the decision they made. And so I think it should be, uh, maybe there should be the process of being able to get the elective medical intervention should be a little bit more stringent. You should go through therapy and figure out, are there underlying issues that have nothing to do with gender dysphoria? Are there other, because right now what's happening is they're just pushing people into like, this is the one answer. Whereas correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it used to be a longer process. I've interviewed Buck Angel mm -hmm. before, and he talked about the process of actually getting to decide to have surgery it was a really long one. And you have to rule out all these other things because you are making these permanent medical decisions to your body. So no, I don't think it should be illegal. I just think we should 
try and spot the red flags that Tulip is talking about so that we don't uh, unwittingly, the medical establishment doesn't unwittingly push people who should not be making this choice into making this choice. That's, that's what I think. This, but. this should be an exceedingly rare thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes. So do I believe real yeah. trans people exist? I don't believe there's an alternate class of humans. Now, gender dysphoria exists. And I've spoken with Aaron Kimberly, who is a trans man who also agrees we should use the term gender dysphoria when talking about these kids. Gender dysphoria exists, but it used to be one out of thousands. And transition is something you do. It's not something you are. Transition is something that adults have done historically to feel better. And if they feel better, then fine. But what's going on today is completely out of control. And the safeguards that should be in place are non-existent. So yes, if an adult wants to do something to their body, well, we can't stop them. But brains are still developing until we're 25 years old. My gosh, if I did everything I wanted to do when I was 20, I probably wouldn't be here today. And I think that's the same for virtually every person because young people aren't the smartest. <laughs> Even though you're 18 doesn't mean you're suddenly like this mature adult. Our brains are developing until we're 25. For these neurodivergent kids, their brains are still developing until they're about 30. Wow. And when they're transitioning at 20, well, they've been indoctrinated as children into this ideology. And it is like a cult and they're being lied to. So we need to scrap this entire ideology because it's all nonsense. And it's what's uh, causing all these people to want to transition. This should be an exceedingly rare thing. And these people need to understand the side effects and they need to really understand what they're getting into. And we need to be screening out other comorbidities. We need to be making sure that other things like depression and anxiety and eating disorders and trauma and autism and all these things are accounted for. And personality disorders. I, I completely agree. That's the thing is there, there are a lot of people now who like, Tulip, like young adults who it used to be that they would try and find what are the underlying issues and can we fix them with something other than medical intervention and, and a sex change. And now it's just sort of, oh, sex change is no big deal. Like it, it, some people just get sex changes and it's a normal thing. And it's like, mm, no, it, it's, it should be rare. It's, it's a rare thing that some people deal with, but now we're sort of saying like, no, this huge swath of the population deals with this. It's not, no, I don't think they naturally would if it weren't, if it weren't being pushed in the cult way that you're talking about. So Hila, um, yeah, we're teaching all these kids that they have a gender identity. And if you teach them that they have a gender identity, then they have to figure out what theirs is. Yes. And so then they're searching within themselves. They're looking inwards. They're introverting. And they're going, oh, well, I have these masculine characteristics, so I must be a boy. Mm -hmm. This is nuts. This is totally crazy. They would never think this if we weren't putting this in their heads in the first place. And they're being taught that their gender identity trumps their biological sex. Yeah. Whereas almost all these kids, virtually all of them would be fine if they grew up, went through puberty. They never thought about it. Yeah, maybe they'd be a butch lesbian, or maybe they'd grow up to be a gay man, or maybe they'd just grow up. You know, these are kids we're talking about. Are we forgetting these are children? They're not adults in little bodies. They are children with, who engage in magical thinking. They're babies. They're little. And, and what do children want more than anything? Approval from Approval. adults. So when you venerate this, when you shower them with praise, and turn this into this wonderful thing, rainbows all over the wall and friggin' preschools, 
Of course they're going to choose this. And you say to them, what do you want to be? Boring, gray, cisgender, male or female, or technicolor, special, trans, Did you attention, reward, reward. What the hell do you think they're going to choose? Yeah. Did you say last time we did a video together, Mikey, that the cis straight flag, that they would make it just a gray color? <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is. It legitimately is. Probably. Yes. There's there, a there's... no. There, there is one. It's just like a light gray. Or what? Gray. <laughs> it has no color. I'm not joking. That's. I know, but I'm laughing because it is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I need to tell you, by the way, that Chris. When he walks around, you just hear metal clanking from within his pants because he has got brass ones. <laughs> at this for so long, like you've just been a hero of mine for so long, and I'm I'm uh, so glad that people are finally talking about this shit. I've I've become immune at the, for a long time. And Vancouver is crazy. It's not as crazy though. It's gotten better. It's gotten better since I started. But man, it felt like going into a war zone. Because the abuse is pretty constant, but I don't want to mitigate or uh, reduce what going into an actual war zone is. Because those people are actual heroes going into actual war zones where they're actually going to lose their life. I get hit by a traffic one. Big deal. I'm going to read you an email really quick here. Um, this is from a mother in Washington State, where they have one of these conversion therapy laws, where it's considered conversion therapy to help your child feel comfortable with their sex. So. I'm a parent of an ROGD daughter. That's rapid onset gender dysphoria. She's 17. She told us about four years ago that she's trans. So 13. That was after being a demi boy, nano boy, asexual, demi romantic, and non-binary. This, this is what's going on with our girls. So parents, you've got to understand this. This is what is going on everywhere in the culture. These kids need a special identity at 13 years of age this girl was on her sixth identity they're all nonsense but they're all searching for some special identity because to be cis heteronormative is not cool yeah and this is why it is so crucial to fight for the meanings of words and not give an inch when it comes to them dave Chappelle said it best the trans community likes to invent words to win arguments and that's exactly what they're doing. You know, so many people have said to me for so long, why can't you just go along with it when it comes to the non-binaries, the, all these terms that Chris mentioned, why can't you just go along with it? Just acknowledge it. No, it is, it's how they are able to accomplish all of this. It's how they are able to change the meaning of conversion therapy and then create conversion therapy laws that prohibit them from looking for other causes in children. So it's so important there is no such thing as a small issue in terms of all of the things we're dealing with and i think really uh being a stickler for language and definitions is the most important one yeah yeah and social approval is so important for these kids and especially for girls it is more important for girls on the whole their social networks are extremely important and all these girls today are growing up with other girls now transitioning and they have empathy for them, of course, as they should. We should have compassion and empathy for everybody. But it's been used as a weapon now against the truth because they've been propagandized to such an extent 
that they see someone like me with a simple message saying children cannot consent to puberty blockers and they think I'm evil because they believe that puberty blockers are a pause button. And if we don't do it, these kids are going to die. That's the number one argument always, that kids are going to kill themselves if we don't let them transition. So to speak against this at all is just violence. And I'm like a white supremacist terrorist or something. It's the exact opposite. This is love. We're in connection with reality. These people have been lied to. But I'm telling you, when I see a young group of young ladies walking down the street now, 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 22-year-olds, I brace myself every time. Because almost every time, especially when they're in a group, I'm going to get some, you know, whatever, some hateful comments, some stupid comments, whatever. It's not scary, of course, but it's <laughs> just what it is. It's like 90% of these young women and girls have bought into this. They don't maybe feel that way themselves, but they want to support everyone who does. Yes. Because everyone on the left does. Everyone going to universities is like a leftist these days. You're not allowed to have conservative speech on campuses. And this is being pushed by all these universities. It's being pushed by all these schools and they're never yeah. hearing the truth. So of course they all believe it. And there's this huge split between the sexes really. It's young women now who are the predominant pushers of this, and feminists don't like to hear that, but it's absolutely true. When I go to a university campus, almost all the hate I get comes from the young women. And the men see this going on, and they see this craze affecting girls, and they know it's wrong, but they can't speak up about it because they're in college, and they've got a career to worry about and all that stuff. And if they were to speak up, you know, they'd be on the... Well, some of the men, some of the men are... Not all the men know that it's wrong, of course. I, I can just yeah, hear right, right. Yeah, yeah. like some of them are in their way of in, course. but but the, I agree with you that in general, yes, it's more women who are pushing this, and a lot of the men and 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 with any kind of woke, it's mostly women, and then the men come along as a mating strategy. It's like men this is their social pull ones with their hands up their ass. <laughs> oh boy, look at that guy arguing with it, pride. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was a straight guy arguing with, with Mike at, at pride. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course you're going to get all sorts of people, but by and large, this is, you know, it's really captured the young women Yeah. and feminists need to focus on talking to women more instead of blaming men for all these problems because. Yes. So here's let me. it's all these young teachers and counselors and HR people that are pushing this. With what you said, and it's it's so much, I feel like abuse is so much a part of what they do. If you really peel back the layers to their messaging, it's abuse. Like what you had said before, where they go, if you don't go along with this, they're going to kill themselves. Imagine if a person said that to you. If you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to kill myself. It's abuse. It's it's manipulative. So we don't do I this do with any other condition. We don't tell anorexics that they're overweight and they, yes, liposuction is a great idea. Be, just because they're threatening to kill themselves. We treat yeah. the underlying comorbidities. We treat what's leading them to the suicidal ideation. But this is the one condition where we, first of all, accept a child's self-diagnosis as being trans. And then we go along with this narrative and we in fact push it. The doctors push this. They tell the parents, you can have two options. You can have a dead daughter or a trans son. And these parents are new to this whole thing and they're freaking out. And they've got this doctor telling them that your child's going to kill yourself. Of course they go along with it. There is a group. I just want to say if this video gets out there and there's any parents watching who have kids who are coming home and saying, I'm trans or I'm non-binary and now I'm a demi-boy, now I'm this and constantly switching identities and what have you. There is a group. I, I have been 
researching all these different groups on Facebook and most of them are part of the cult, like orthodoxy. They just have one way of dealing with it and you get kicked out of the group if you're a parent who has questions or who doesn't agree with every like immediate transition. But I found a group that's good and it's called uh, Concerned Parents of Transgender slash Non-Binary Kids, Teens, or Young Adults. It's Concerned Parents of Transgender, Non-Binary Kids, Teens, or Young Adults. Now in this group, they're, uh, they're actually, all the other groups are trying to get this group banned from Facebook because they say it's full of hate speech <laughs> and it's full of parents who don't validate. And um, these are just normal, average adult parents or, and, and they're just trying to figure out what to do about these kids. And they're, and they're not all, they're not pushing one orthodoxy. It, people ask questions in this group. Some people try. They don't want you, that. There's nuance in the group. Not everyone's trying the same approach, but that you can be open and honest from what I've seen in this group there, you're allowed to share. You're allowed to say there are parents in the group who do not validate, who've said, no, I'm not going down this road with my child. And I've told them so. And, and, and that's allowed. And so anyway, if you're looking for a support group and you happen to be on Facebook, I would recommend that one, the concerned parents group. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to say was uh, to get back to this idea of us being split. Kelly Lamb is here. Hello, Kelly. Do you know her? Hey. I, love her. I, know. I love Kelly. Kelly's one of my favorites. Awesome. We've talked on the phone one day. We talked on the phone about Lupron, which is the drug given to these kids because Kelly's been on Lupron for endometriosis. So maybe you can talk a little about that, Kelly. That Actually, I should have you and Kelly on yeah. together and with my friend Christian, we'll have a Canadian special. Yeah. Like all Canadians. Sure. Uh, Kelly says, thanks for covering this. I have compassion for Macy Gray and other gals who folded, but it's time for courage. The mob comes for all gender critical folks, sex aside. Yes. And I, so, I have no compassion for them. I, I get I don't know it. Why you guys would say that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not. Yeah. But, but, but I agree that she's also saying it's time for courage. And yeah. that's, a, that's the thing is it is okay to call out and say, this is cowardice that we've just seen illustrated in front of us by Macy Gray or by whomever. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. And this whole idea that we shouldn't criticize women when, when they fold or when they show cowardice is not helpful. It's not helpful for women to do that. It doesn't help me to pretend like we don't have the ability to be courageous. So please don't do that. <laughs> and, and, and the, the stuff that's, that I saw happening in that tweet thread, that sort of infighting that's going on. Um, it's a shame and it's sad. And I, some of it stems from, I will have a caveat here. There is nuance to my opinion on this. I know there were several gender critical feminists who, who have been fighting this fight for years. Um, Megan Murphy's one of them. I'm not familiar with all the others, but I know there's several. And I know there was some pushback when, when Matt Walsh's I Am a Woman came out, the documentary, and they said, why didn't he talk to any gender critical feminists? And I can see that point. Like, I can see, I can understand being disappointed that you didn't have that viewpoint in that documentary. It would have made it even better to show, look, we're all united on this one issue. I agree. Disappointment's okay. I, I, I understand it. But don't let that disappointment, then I would say, don't let that disappointment, uh, turn you into a, an enemy for this it, it, like don't let it turn you into someone who's doing friendly fire on people who are fighting with you just because someone treats you a certain way that you feel um 
is shameful or uh, inappropriate or, or don't let it, don't let it bring that out in you so that you treat them the same way. My response to the Matt Walsh thing would be like, okay, then talk to him and see if maybe he'll do a project with you next time, you know, like try and be the bridge. Even if you think that person doesn't want to have a bridge, you still need to try and be a bridge. And so this whole like women have it worse. We're going to now have a fight between male conservatives and uh, uh, female feminists. That's, to me, it's a distraction. It's pointless. It's not, it's just about ego. Let that go. That's just your ego. Kill your ego. Kill your ego. That's the thing that I think it's all. So first of all, he claims that he did reach out to a bunch of them and they wouldn't do it. So who knows what the truth is, but honestly, to be honest, I think a lot of feminism is based in ego and based in narcissism. And I think that's just narcissism. I mean, I've been talking about this issue for like six, seven years. I'm thrilled whenever anyone is talking about it. He didn't speak to any gay people in it either. Who gives a shit? It's not about you. It's about innocent children who are being mutilated. It's not it's about, a, it's all about you, feminists. Ego is a human thing, though. It's not just it's not just a feminist thing. I'm not putting that to some feminist. Yeah. It is a human thing that's yeah. sort of like, well, I didn't get credit here or I didn't get this. And and look, that everyone has experienced that. Everyone has been wronged. Um, but you can't let that change you. You can't let that that you can't let that infect you so much that you start engaging with other people who are willing to engage with you in some kind of tit for tat war that distracts from what your original purpose was. You can't do that because then you've become the thing you hate and it's a waste of time and energy and, and you're letting the negative action of someone else turn you into someone who starts doing negative actions. Does it, I don't know if I'm making sense. Is that making sense? You can't let it change you. Just deal negativity, with it. <laughs> negativity does negativity does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the only appropriate response to Matt Walsh's film is Matt, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You did amazing work. Do you know the number one question I get these days, apart from what are puberty blockers? Because that's on my sign. The next question I'm getting the most is, have you seen Matt Walsh's film? What is mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. He's reached millions. Yep. And yep. lots of men. Lots of men. Yeah. And, and we want important. men. We want men. Apparently. Apparently. We want them up here for some feminists. We don't want them down in here. We want men. Like, everyone has a different role to play. Everyone has a different role to play. That's a kind of a Christian concept is like, Everybody's a, every church member is a part of the body of Christ and you're all different parts. I'm the toe. Okay. The toe is very valuable. (laughs) But no, the point is there's no insignificant part and everyone has a different role to play. And what you're doing out on the streets, not everyone is suited for that. Not everyone has the temperament for that or the ability to do that. Um, Mike, what you do on your channel, not everyone has the, the right traits, the right characteristics, the, the charm to do that. Everyone's got a different perspective. And so, you you know, I don't want a gender critical movement that's just women. That doesn't make any sense. I want humans. I want people. I want men there. Of course. I want dads there. I'm moms. All identity politics is terrible. Yes. All well, identity terrible. politics is terrible. I think, am I beating the dead horse? Okay. Um, yeah, do you with, it, with any ism, you get extremism, right? Yeah. Tons of amazing radical feminists. Beautiful, wonderful, amazing people. My favorite person in Canada, outside of my family, the person doing the most, is a woman named Mia Ashton in Ottawa. Cry me a river on Twitter, underscore cry me a river, M-I-A. 
She's brilliant. She's a feminist. Love her to death. She comes out with me on the street. She's extremely brave. And she's just brilliant. She writes the best threads. She's written some of the most important threads on social contagion. She's extraordinarily well-read. She's a genius. And she's a feminist. And she's great. We just need to get away from... Identity politics. Yes. Like, if someone's fighting this, appreciate them. Yeah. And of course, Matt Walsh isn't going to include certain people in his film when they hate him. You know, it's not going to work like that. He included lots of women in the film. He, he made a great film. It doesn't matter who he didn't include. It matters what he did. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yes. So, and we need more and the feminists voices. feminists are doing great work too. Yes, the feminists are. And we need more voices. And yes, the feminists have, have uh, faced a lot of repercussions online. And yes, like JK Rowling, I can't imagine the volume of hate mail she gets. I She probably has a private security team. She probably has to employ people to read through it all to see what are serious threats and stuff. But it's not a it's not a something that's just this is something women deal with or it it everyone, everyone who speaks out yeah. against this this psychotic world that we find ourselves in right now is gonna face some kind of pushback. And so it's useless to say, Oh, my oppression is worse than yours when I speak back. I just you know what? I love social justice because I don't care about oppression Olympics and identity politics, and I just don't want to have to deal with it here. Like, <laughs> like that's not what this is about. So yeah. uh, honestly, I get tons of threats. <laughs> honestly, look, most of these threats are from someone three thousand miles away. They're mm -hmm. sixteen years old. They're living in the basement. Like you do have to just laugh some of this stuff off. But yeah, some people yeah. want some people want the oppression. It's like it's their identity group is being oppressed and yes. being a victim. And that's not a healthy way to be. And Sonora says, I like what JK Rowling is doing, just being fairly based. I do too. And just like we said for Matt Walsh, well, I look at what JK Rowling's doing and I have to say, thank you. Thank you so much. There's there is a woman with a backbone, the backbone that I wish Macy, Macy Gray had. The backbone that I wish Bette Midler had, you know. Um I'm very yeah, grateful Bet. for someone with such a big platform speaking. I knew Bet wouldn't stand because she, her whole identity is leftist stuff. So her entire social group and her career and everything, it all depends on being in with the leftists. So, but you know what happened there? It's really interesting. And I figured this is what had happened. She read that New York Times op-ed written by a woman mm. who was very critical and truthful about what's going on with gender ideology and the erasure of women. And the New York Times had finally covered this. And then this woman, I forget her name, she got suspended from Twitter the very next day after this op-ed came out. Wow, of course she did. But that was the article that Bette Midler wrote, which prompted her to read okay. about how women are being erased. And of course she read that because it's the New York Times, because these leftists only get their information from certain sources. So that's why it's so important that publications like the New York Times do cover these things because it's reaching this whole new audience. Bette Midler never hears a thing from people like us. No. So how's she supposed to learn? They're just in an echo chamber, which is why I go out on the street because we have to get out of this echo chamber. You can feel like you're reaching tons of people on Twitter because you get 2,000 likes. It's nothing. It means nothing. It's going it's out in the world. I, you have? Do you have to leave, Chris? No, I'm okay. Okay. Uh, oh, it's yeah. I should probably get going. Okay. I'm taking the family out for brunch and I'm flying to Florida later today. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, tell everybody one more time where they can find you online if they want to support the work that you're doing and traveling around the country. So Twitter at Billboard Chris. I'm being 
search band. So you need to type my whole name and then click on it. It won't come up in the search bar. But Billboard Chris on Twitter, Billboard Chris on Instagram, and my website is billboardchris.com. And if people want to contribute to my cause, there's a little donate button on there. That'd be nice. But really what I ask is for people just to have conversations about this because this is how we're going to win this battle. We have to get the truth out there and we have to get more educated so we can have more intelligent conversations about it. Thank you very much. I'm putting this on the screen. There you go. All right. And there it's in go. the chat. Thank you, Chris. Have a nice Thanks, brunch. Guys. Travel right, safe. Cool. We'll Mikey, can you continue to hang out for a little bit? You're muted, sir. <laughs> You're silent. I'm ready to stop working. I don't know why. Like, You're good. Problems. You're funny. good. <laughs> One sec. It's so annoying. People in the chat are liking your red background. Thank you. Um, Dan says Billboard Chris will be banned soon, unfortunately. Yes, probably so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then who else? There were a couple of other things I saw in the chat. Dion has some great quotes of, as always, she says to argue with a person who has renounced the use of reason is like administering medicine to the dead. Thomas Paine. Yes. That. Can I tell you about yesterday, Mikey? What was yesterday? So in Georgetown, Texas, there was a pro-abortion rally in March at our town oh, square. How did it go? So it was interesting. I uh, I went, uh, uh, some other people from Church on the Square, my church went, um, and Covenant Church went. There were, there were two different churches represented, and um, people had all kinds of different signs, and Here's what I would tell people. If you if you want to go out into the world like Chris does and you want to talk with people who disagree with you, um, first of all, don't don't speak other people's opinions. Don't worry about having the right perfect thing on a sign. Just put your opinions on the sign. Or if you want to do joke signs like I did, I did some kind of trolley signs. You do that. Are the best sign. <laughs> you can do a sense of humor. One of mine signs says, I can't define woman or rights, but I'm here for women's rights. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, anything about your signs? Oh yeah. Yeah. So somebody, there were two people who talked with me and the rest was just a lot of the screaming people who have lost the ability to reason, just screaming. But two people talked with me. Um, one was a guy. I had the best conversation with the man, which is important because people have been telling me, online you know a man shouldn't have an opinion when it that which i don't agree with you're allowed to have an opinion about abortion okay it doesn't if we if we start we it takes us to a crazy place if we start saying you only get to have opinions it, based on your race or your sex on this issue or that issue then we're going to keep partitioning off little issues and do i get to have 50 percent of an opinion if i'm mixed race do i get to have you know like you stop it abortion and suddenly they know exactly what a woman is Right. Suddenly they know, right? Oh, yes. You're right. Great point. They're like, oh, a man can't have an opinion. But so the guy I had the best conversation with was with, was a man. Um, he is a socialist. And I have to give him credit because he was very willing and interested in talking with me and asking what my sign means. And so we started having a conversation. And the issue that I found with him very quickly was even though the desire was there to talk, he didn't have the ability or he was his ability to have a discussion was somewhat limited because um he he didn't know how to make arguments 
and he didn't he didn't understand enough about his own position to be able to go very far in the conversation. So we started talking about I'm try I usually try and find well what do we agree on like and he he was saying so so one of my signs said if you supported lockdowns, mask mandates and vax mandates, then you are not pro-choice, you are just pro-abortion. And so he asked me about that sign and we started talking about vax mandates and lockdowns and stuff and he supported the lockdowns. And yet he's a socialist and I was saying, "Do you understand that that during and he was talking about evil corporations and stuff, right? And I'm like, okay, do you understand that during the lockdowns, that was the exactly. biggest the biggest transfer of wealth from the the middle class to these private corporate, these huge conglomerates, right? His answer was, this is where he goes with uh he, he just kept coming back to the point that, yes, but I shouldn't have to work. We shouldn't have to work. That's what he was saying. And that that really capitalism is evil because it requires that all of us do labor to mostly benefit the elite and we shouldn't have to do labor. And so and so then when you have a person saying that, yeah, do you have a question? <laughs> I have many. Like what it's just like I said, it's all narcissism, it's all entitlement. What entitles you? to get a free ride through life. They're America's guests. What in what makes you so special that the rest of us have to work and you don't? Socialists are just like, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I have a pulse, now give me things. This is what oh. I mean about his ability to discuss was limited because he hadn't really thought through, well, where do these things come from? The money that you want to live off of, for example. and. And he hasn't really thought that through. And so in his mind, it's just coming from these evil, very wealthy people. We need to redistribute it. So what I was saying to him is, so we'll, we'll back, let's back up a little. How do you define freedom? Because to me, the more I think about it, freedom is best defined by um, the, the freedom to have individual liberty to pursue life and happiness. And that means being able to uh, own the fruits of my labor, being able to go out and work or trade to get things I want and keep those things without people stealing them from me. And the more freedom, the more property I own, the more, uh, the more, the more freedom I have, it multiplies the more things I can do. And you can get to a place where then you can buy not just your basic ne living necessities, but you can buy things that you want. Even that pursuit of happiness, you can buy a hammock. You don't need a hammock, but you might enjoy a hammock. And if you work for it, why not? And you should be able to own that. And so it, Freedom requires the ability to have private property and to keep the fruits of your labor. So when I ask him, what does this mean? He thinks freedom is the government giving all of us some type of check every month. And he doesn't see, there's some kind of weird disconnect there where he doesn't see that that makes you a slave to the government. Mm -hmm. If that you're dependent something it can also take it away yes of course but there's a a lot of times these people i find they haven't really thought everything through and so they're sort of saying well then in this magical utopia i just i just think the government there should be a social welfare state and we should get a dole and it's like yeah but who determines you you trust the government to decide how much that is and and for it to be enough not just to cover your first of all to, to cover your your living expenses, but what about if you want extra things? Are you going to go to the government and be like, "I want that hammock now," like <laughs> because you don't? 
Yeah, serfdom, Linda Law says. Serfdom. That's what it is. But I don't think they realize that. They think it's some weirdly free. They think socialism makes them free. It, being dependent on the government makes them free. It's weird. Uh, it, you know what? It reminds me of when we were at Pride, someone had asked me, what is with these people? Why are they like zombies? And I told them there's a very simple answer. I know because I used to be one of them. Not, you know, I wasn't that nuts, but I believed in all the magical thinking. And the reason for that is these people have never heard a different opinion. Not yeah. once in their entire lives. The stuff that was on our signs, the stuff we're saying, they've never heard these things. So forget about thinking it through. They've never even heard it. They've never considered that there might be different arguments out there. No, they haven't. They just he was in this tightly constricted bubble. On the positive side, this socialist, he was very interested in hearing what I was had to say because, like you're saying, he it's almost like he had never heard some of this before. They haven't, and he hasn't. And then, um, then there was one woman who was willing to talk, but she was even more handicapped than he was in terms of being able to have a discussion because. Uh, she didn't even understand how argumentation works, so she was saying. What does your sign mean? What do vaccine mandates have to do with abortion? And I said, well, if you're pro-choice, what does that mean? She's like, well, the government shouldn't have a right to tell me what to do with my body. I'm like, that's what it has to do with vaccine mandates. Did you support vaccine mandates? She's like, yes, I did. And I'm like, so you're okay with the government telling you that you have to take a vaccine? She's like, yeah, because that's not abortion. I'm, I'm like, I know vaccines are not abortion. I'm saying your argument doesn't hold water. Do you not know how to test your argument to see if you're being a hypocrite or not? <laughs> like she didn't, care. she doesn't know how to do that. And, and I, it, I don't think she was being dishonest. She really doesn't know how to do that. She's, she, then she said, well, the lockdowns are just something that happened. I mean, the Holocaust happened. Lots of things happened. I'm like, well, the yeah, the <laughs> she doesn't know how to have, that's the thing she's limited. So even though she had the desire, she could not have a reasoned conversation. And uh, and then what happened with her is that then she just fell back on, on the racism of social justice. Then she said, well, I don't want to talk to someone about this who's not POC. Uh. <laughs> and I said, okay. Oh, I didn't realize you were racist. Okay, cool. We don't have to talk. Um, and uh, yeah, then... Then there was one other interesting thing that happened. There was uh, a lot of the women, as I mentioned, were just screaming incoherently. And um, one of them, this was maybe the saddest and, and most disturbing thing I saw. There was one woman who just kept screaming in my face and, and it, all the, the faces of the counter protesters. And Mikey, she was animated with rage. Her face was red and flushed. Her pupils were dilated. She was, looked like she was about to cry. And she was screaming and jumping him down and going, I do not regret my abortion. I don't regret it. And then she said, I don't regret killing that parasite. And um, I, she, I couldn't talk with her clearly because she was just screaming. But if I could have talked with her, I would have said something seems to be wrong with you. Like <laughs> the, you look unwell and maybe I'm, it's not my place to say, but maybe you do regret it. Or maybe there's something going on there because otherwise what is all of this uh, kind of possessed thing that's happening? It's not normal. And there's something deeply, it seems deeply unwell with you. I'm not here to say what it is, but maybe it has to do with the words that you're saying not being true. Uh, so that was really crazy. And then she also uh, later on, she was standing next to a, a friend of mine from my church 
Aaliyah and she got close to her kind of like trying to maybe engage in physical, something physical maybe. And then she screams, she's got a gun about my friend. And my friend's like backing away, like I don't have a gun. Uh, so clearly she was willing to just say a lie like that to hopefully, what's the point of saying a lie like that to get people to jump on this person? Cause they believe you and think that, the, that, that person has a weapon. Um, so she was a dangerous individual. Uh, th there was a dangerous person there and that was her. Um, but yeah, I guess those are my basic, my base. It was crazy. That's the thing though, is that, I mean, it's not with all of these issues. It's not a difference of opinion. It's that we do not exist in the same reality. Like there's, so there's, I, it's hard to see where there's common ground that could be had. Like for me personally, when it comes to first trimester abortion, I'm kind of undecided. I feel like it's a debate to be had, but there is no debate to be had when these people believe that abortion is a wonderful thing. There's no position to be had of safe, legal, and rare because they do not believe in it. They will, many of them will outright tell you that they're just pro-abortion, that they think it's a great thing. So there's no conversation to be had of how to best prevent them when they don't think it's something that should be prevented. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's Adam, Adam Krigler posted a, he reposted a great thing that someone did that they had compiled all the messages that they get from women hundreds of them who've had abortions and how much the impact that it's had on them physically spiritually emotionally in every single way and you never hear about that you never mm -hmm. hear about it being anything other than this wonderful thing that should be venerated yeah they actually I appreciate when they're honest like that though like there were a couple who did understand my sign. And then they started yelling at me. I am pro-abortion. I am. And I was like, great. I appreciate the honesty. Just don't say you're pro-choice if you support yeah. a vaccine mandates because you're not. The, um, only, the only time I heard, it was before the man, the vax mandates too, but the only, the first time I heard someone say that was I made a video about it. It's on my channel. I went on a date with this horrible SJW and he was talking about how I should be forced to live inside the rest of my life uh, for not taking the injection. So I was like, oh, so you're not pro-choice. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm pro-abortion. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. So there is no more quiet part. They're just saying yeah. it now. Just saying it out loud. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, the other positive thing, though, was that the people who were not involved in the rally or the counter rally, for the most part, the passersby, they were with us. They were coming up and saying, thank you for being out here. They were not with the loud pro-abortion side uh the quiet i would say the 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 quiet majority were coming up and saying positive things and so that was encouraging um but yeah here look i have some tips if you're going to go out and do this and i think there needs to be more of it and in georgetown texas specifically let me just use my little town as an example there are people in our town i know this i've talked with them there are people in our town who say that our town square has become a circus lately. And I agree because BLM is out there every week. And now these pro-abortion people say they're going to be out there every week. And they're the clowns. It is a circus. Um, there are people in our town who've told me they think that if we just ignore it, it will go no! away. Yes. You morons. I know. I wish you were right. You're not right. Just I wish you were. Just ignore it. No. They... In a culture war, you do not win. You do not take the culture back by sitting on the sidelines and letting the clowns come out and run everything. So 
I will encourage people to start speaking up. If this is happening in your town, start speaking up. Not everybody, as I said before, not everybody has the, the same talents or the same experience, the same temperament for the same kind of speaking up. You don't have to get out there with a, a sign if you don't want to. Just have a conversation with your friend, maybe. Maybe for you, that's that's the thing you haven't done before that scares you. Do that. Have a conversation with a friend. Thing every one of us can do, I think. Yes. Because that's how... And that's why I said before, I have no compassion for these people because that's how these things have become so normalized. That's how it has been allowed to not just spread, but full out conquer. Yes. By people just saying nothing. Oh, they don't want to rock the boat. I mean, we're complying our way to communism. Yes. And I've seen oh, people, yeah. even in the that parents group I mentioned, the concerned parents of tra trans kids. That's that's the one that I think is a good group to join if you if you need if you're going through that. Even in that group, I've seen some of the parents. They will share things, uh, gender critical opinions and things in the group, but they're too afraid to do it on their profile. And they say that I'm too afraid. And I would say the same thing to them. Uh, one of them was saying, "I don't know why I'm so afraid by this of this," and 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 I get it. You you I know why you're afraid of it. You're yeah. afraid of losing your social circle and losing other get things. Get a new one, then. Right. <laughs> get you one. you yeah. will get a new one and a better one. And for people like Macy Gray, I was talking about this with my husband. Macy Gray is probably under the mistaken impression that if she were to stand her ground and continue to speak truth, that she would lose everything. And the thing about it is culture is changing. We are starting to win. We are going to win. And and Macy Gray, had she stood firm, would have probably gotten a lot more support yep. over the course of her Fans. career in the future because she would have become beloved by those of us who, who appreciate truth. And as it stands now that she's back down to become cowardly, the apology is not good enough for the cultists. They will not buy her record. We will not buy her record because we're no longer interested in, in her because she bowed and took the knee. So you've just lost both sets of people. What is the point of that? You would have, if you had stood in your truth, there are other benefits other than just having more respect for yourself. There are other benefits as well. Like you would have had, people would come with you, honey. I promise you. But It's never enough for them. I mean, you know, like we were talking about the, trans issue like i said um i've always felt like i couldn't care less if somebody's transgender to me i would treat them the exact same way i would treat any other man or woman i don't judge or discriminate but i have very strong reservations with the extremism however that was not good enough for them it wasn't good enough to treat people respectfully to you know uh, that it's never enough for them they, yeah. they demand total capitulation. So stand up to it. Yeah. That's why, and that's why it's funny. Like when I, if I ever come across like some video I was in years ago when I first started speaking, it's, it's so odd to watch because I would like qualify everything I said. Yeah. And I saw somebody who was like very fearful. I would always have to preface everything. Oh, I don't hate transgender people, but no, stop qualifying shit. It doesn't matter. It will never be enough for them. The only thing these people understand is strength. So yeah. show them. They, uh, people come out of this slowly though. They get over fear slowly. Yeah. And I think that for almost everyone I've seen that first stage, you're going to qualify. You are because you're still, you're coming out. You're at the very beginning stage. And so you're starting to step out from 
you're starting to press on despite the fear. And so you want to make sure you're not misunderstood. And so you use a lot of qualifiers, but the more comfortable you get speaking truth as you have, you start and you start to drop those qualifications because yeah. you're like, oh, I don't need those. I'm comfortable now just saying what I think. And if you misinterpret it, I'm sorry that you misinterpreted it, but that's on you. Like their goal um, is to misinterpret you. So, you know, there are no qualifiers in the world that will matter to them. Yeah. Like these people hate you no matter what. This is what I was talking about the other day. Um, Joe Rogan, how he came out and said about Trump, how he hates Trump and he didn't want to help Trump and he didn't vote for Trump and Trump is a threat to democracy. And I think people like that, it's because they want to retain this little crumb of respectability in their crowds. They want to mm -hmm. keep one foot in with people who hate them. It's like, yes. you know, you might be up against the wall in the next group after me and Carrie, but you'll be up there yep. nonetheless. Nonetheless. They yes. hate you anyway. Yeah. Actually, you'll probably be up against the wall before us because you'll go to one of their cocktail parties and we wouldn't. And they'll that's where they'll put the net over you. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It makes me so mad. Just like, you know, living in New York, the number of people I know who don't have very much and have sacrificed everything to not comply and to stand up against these things. So it drives me crazy when I see people like that who have all the money in the world, all the power in the world, and they do nothing to just the simplest, slightest little things to carry their weight and stand up. And it's frustrating, but we don't need them. Let me read a couple of these super chats. Holly S., I'm sorry I didn't get sorry. to this. Before Chris left, uh, she gives $10. Thank you so much. She says, I appreciate the service the three of you provide. You're truly brave and honest. Thank you. Thank you, Aww, Holly. Thank you. And thanks for supporting the channel. You guys, I have to, I really have to thank you. If you have ever donated to the channel or given a super chat or anything, thank you so much because I just used those funds to buy this computer. My laptop died. I, this is the first time I'm using this new computer and I uh, wouldn't have been able to do that if you guys um, weren't doing, anyway, thank you. That's all. I'm very, 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 very grateful and I appreciate it. Uh, let's what see. What kind did you get? It's a desktop, which is much better, I'm realizing, than the laptop was anyway. <laughs> it's bigger. Who would have known? I got, it's called a Mac Mini. It's new. And it's very, it's much more affordable than getting an iMac. And it's more affordable than a laptop anyway. And it looks like a hard drive. Um, wow. It's like $600. And it, it That's yes. it? Yes. God, I, I practically had to sell a kidney to get my MacBook. <laughs> It's, uh, they're new. They have some new technology or something called an M1 chip. Don't talk to me about technology. I don't understand <laughs> it. I just, the Costco guy was like, do this. And I said, okay. My husband, he put more thought into it. <laughs> uh, he helped me. Matt Deckard. Thank you, sir. He says, would you rather have three hats made in America <laughs> or 200 hats made by children in China? I, I do find the children make some good hats, but still, uh, Matt, always being silly and making good points. I love you, sir. I would rather have three hats made in America. Yes. Not by children. Um, and then Cheeky Mare. Thank you, Cheeky Mare. She gives $5. She says, I just tried to follow Chris on Twitter. Shadow banning is a thing. I could only find him because Carrie added him in her tweet. That sucks. Yeah, they have him under a special kind of shadow ban. Uh, it's His stuff doesn't even show up in your feed if you are following him. Adam Worrell, 
this is not his super chat. I just wanted to highlight it. He says, did any of those oppressed women twerk at the protest, Carrie? Because you know what? Yes, they did. They brought a boom box and they were playing really? slut, slutty music. Slutty music. <laughs> <laughs> and they were twerking. Some of them. Uh, Scott Miller says, biology does not give a crap about anyone's pronouns or feelings. It's true. Preach, Scott. Uh, I think I, I think I got them all. Thank you guys. Oh, somebody says desktops are fire. Yeah. I'm learning that. I'm learning that. I should have had one all along. Maybe. Thank you. I just looked that up. Yeah. It's called Mac mini. Look it up. It's yeah, much that looks nice. And it's much cheaper than the other stuff anyway. So, okay. I think we're done. Oh wait, one more. Francis Montgomery. What a great name. Francis Montgomery, $5 says, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you both at the Better Discourse Conference in Dallas, Texas. Aww, Didn't she you. do a great job? Thank you. You did a great job. You were perfect for hosting because you knew how to, you you have that right mix of humor and seriousness. And for anybody that wasn't there, Mike Harlow was hosting the Better Discourse Conference and he wrote these little, he roasted all almost all the people in a loving way, the way that roasts are. Which is great. Not everybody can do that, can mix the humor wow. with the seriousness. So um, it was great. Okay. Yeah. I got through all those. Do you want to talk about anything else or you want to go have a fabulous Monday? <laughs> fabulous Monday is I'm just going to try to like film a bunch of stuff. I, uh, I had a whole plan for getting my channel restarted and then my dad got sick, but he's good now. So I, uh, I'm working I'm on it. Really happy your dad is doing better. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he's doing great. Can you give us a preview? Just tell us a little bit about what your next video is. I know you're working on one about Jeffrey Marsh. <laughs> that's so I've been, um, so I have my YouTube channel that's sort of more longer form because I'm really bad at, you know, I have a big mouth. I'm really bad at being succinct. But, um, and then I've been doing these like short videos on Instagram and stuff. So yeah, I have a Jeffrey Marsh one that I'm doing for the kids. Why is he always talking to kids? So creepy. The worst thing happened to you. So like whenever I'm doing like an impression of someone, I'll just like listen to them and just repeat and repeat and repeat to try to get the voice down. So I've been doing that with him and I'm just like repeating it in my head, talking about like, hi kids. Now make sure mom and dad leave the room kids. And I was just repeating it in my head. So I was at the grocery store waiting online and I realized I was saying it out loud. I'm standing there going, No, mom and dad, leave the room, kids. And no. everyone turns and looks at me. I'm like, oh my God, I said it out loud. Cause no, because you're practicing. Go there again. D does everybody know who Jeffrey Marsh is? Oh. He's he's become one of the there's several non-binary, non-binary men who are now doing uh <laughs> TikToks and YouTube channels where a lot of them are primarily talking to children. I don't know. You can make draw your own conclusions as to why that is. Hand the phone over to the little kids. Can we play can we play him for a second? By the way, <laughs> I asked so I'm like trying to find outfits to wear for playing him and I asked my mom if she had anything that would work. 
she was so offended. She was like, how do I know what trailer park he shops at? How dare you? I'm stylish. I don't know if it looks like that. Your mom is hilarious. She needs to be a recurring guest on your channel. <laughs> I, I I just love the videos you do her. Okay. Oh, we'll do another one. So for anybody who doesn't know who Jeffrey Marsh is, there's several people in the chat saying they don't know. I'm just going to play a second way, of this. Look at those choppers. So I got like... <laughs> Denser square, but I can't walk with them in. They're so macho. So I'm trying. I might have to mix those. He does have very big teeth. Oh, they're horrible. Like I I hate my teeth, but like the only thing worse is when people get these huge veneers. Leah says, I can already tell this is gonna be bad. <laughs> hey Leah. <laughs> okay, we'll just watch a little bit of this. Yeah, this, this video is called Four Kids feelings and then it has two rainbows okay hey kids feelings can feel really big sometimes emotions feel so big that they feel even bigger than you are i've been watching that'll help them feel not so oh i have a tip to give every feeling is trying to tell you a story so if it's anger, for example, the story might be something like, that person took my toy. That's not I fair. love watching you mimic him. If you can learn to listen for that story for that and story. say that story Jeez. out loud to someone you trust, like your parent. Or me. Or me. Not feel so big and not be so in control. Okay. That's enough. <laughs> So you've been studying him. So it's you can horrible. I go to bed listening to him. It's horrible. <laughs> they he seems to have a lot of them, these uh these non-binary guys who are on TikToks and stuff doing videos for kids, they seem to have that same way of speaking. It's a what would you call that? It's like an NPR. Yeah, you like a phone sex operator. Oh yeah, it's not it's not NPR. It's even more. It's sexy, right? Hey, kids, <laughs> people you trust, like me. I want to talk to the kids. <laughs> Gross. Oh, kids. It's Aunt Jeffrey. <laughs> he hisses Thanks. too. He does what? He hisses. Like what? He could be like, I want you to be extra nice to us kids it's almost like a, a villain from a disney movie like, yeah like uh hypnotic yeah then yeah. there's the other one dylan mulvaney that i'm gonna do one of the one who does uh it's day 35 of being a girl we didn't we watch last time you we were here is when he won family feud yeah was that family feud price is right one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It What's his so, name? So Dylan Mulvaney. And then the two of them do stuff together. Ugh. Oh, too much of that voice in one, one place if they were to do stuff together. Okay. Oh. Okay. I'm just going to play a second of Dylan. Anybody who's not familiar, this is a phenomenon, and kids are watching I, these. By the way, when he is the worst, at, I had a roommate who was like this once, who was a total SJW, is horrible. I cannot stand faux wholesomeness, faux mm -hmm. nice like people who are, you know, 
Am I explaining that right? But like, yes. he does this and it drives me insane. Okay, here we go. It's a they, question of the day. This is gonna be a longer one, so bear with me. Asks, how did I come to the conclusion? Bear with me, cause I am quirky. What a perfect question for my coming out story. So it all started when I came out of the womb tap dancing in a bedazzled onesie. Just kidding, I'm gonna fast forward. I didn't know about the non-binary gender identity till spring of 2020. When okay. I needed to make money. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's a faux niceness and it's, it's actually, when I watch the Dylan videos, it makes me think that he probably watched a lot of television shows that from the fifties and he's, he's uh, trying to mimic the housewife like uh, on, on, uh, on comedy shows and stuff. So it's sort of that it, it's an acting job. It's like, hello guys. Like it's a, it's so, it's just not, you're just I, not being yourself. I had the worst SJW roommate once who was like that. And like, he would like me up with some friend and be talking about her and then he'd be like, oh boy, she's a good noodle. Like, or like they're talking to children or something. I don't know. I just can't stand that either way. It's, there's something very menacing about it. It is. Yeah. Well, because they're, they're, they're putting on a, a character. Mm -hmm. They're putting on a costume. I don't mind old fashioned words. I love old fashioned words. No, but that's like but, legitimate. Like it's the. But it's they're putting on an entire. They're acting. Do you think they keep that? Do you think Dylan keeps the act up when he's off camera? That's actually what my video about of him entails. Really? <laughs> him, what happens when he's off camera versus on? Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's what my okay. Video about him is gonna be. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Mikey. Let's have a uh let's let's end on a positive note. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to making all these videos finally, to be honest. Uh yeah. Follow my uh, I should say. So I to a fault, I don't care about like followers and numbers and all that. However, I've been banned from Instagram eleven times. I beat them eleven times, and I am somehow by some miracle did that and i'm about to hit ten thousand followers and when you hit that it has a little k next to it and i never dreamed that i would even survive on any platform long enough to have a little k next to my name so follow my instagram wait <laughs> i'll put the i'll put the link in the chat wait what are you about to hit what are you about to hit 10 k oh wow congratulations and then they give you a little k okay okay let me find it i'll put it up here <laughs> it's uh sleepy harlow underscore i had to add the underscore to get out of the cycle of banning so i need a new name on there but i can't believe you've been banned that many times and then rebuilt over and over i swear i think well i beat them on every single i've beaten every single ban i've ever had except tiktok screw tiktok Okay, I'm putting it in. I swear, I think I've ban beaten more bands than anyone ever. <laughs> 11 should, Instagram, 4 Twitter. You should give people I'm lessons nervous. on how to get out of your ban. It's yeah. funny. I try to, whenever I hear someone is banned, I reach out and try to, like, help them. And they could not care less. They're, the, they're <laughs> like, like a fine, screw you. What do I know about getting unbanned? 
you've beaten it enough times that and they stay well, banned. I'm like, fine, don't don't take my help. I think the thing is that some people don't care enough. There's sort of like Jordan Peterson with his recent ban. He's he said something to the effect of, um, he's actually it's kind of a blessing in disguise. He'd rather not be on there right now. So some of them don't. I mean, if you're Jordan Peterson, you could afford to do that. But yeah. yeah. Okay, honey. I had a great time chatting with you. you. I miss you. I miss you. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. Well, I know we're going to be on your friend Tracy's show soon. That'll be fun. Yes, you're coming Tuesday. Yes. Yes. Any horror fans, come at us. Tuesday, we're going to be a Mike's friend show, uh, Keto and Crime is the channel. And uh, this Thursday, I've got an interview coming, a deprogrammed interview coming out at six o'clock with someone. Uh, you know what? Just in case there's any further schedule changes, I won't say who, but I, I think it should be fine. Um, it's about gender I identity and gender ideology. And then um, we're going to be doing a book club on Sunday. If you want to get more info and you don't know where to ask, you can either go to the Facebook book club group or you can leave a comment. I promise I'll come back and look at the comments on this video. I'll let you know how to get into that book club thing on Sunday. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye. Love you.